0: Somebody shout, fulfilled. Fulfilled. That's what we've been talking about. in the very first week, I talked about in search of fulfillment. And then last week, we talked about to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus said, John, you and I have a role to play, a partnership to play. I'm going to be the Savior, but you're going to be the forerunner. And you're gonna have to submit and allow me to let that purpose come through this role in relationship. Today, as you're turning in your Bibles to Matthew chapter number five, I want to speak to you on this subject to fulfill the law, to fulfill the law. Hopefully that will shed a little bit more light as we look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. And then when I continue to preach, hopefully there'll be more light shed. When I'm done preaching, if you're still in the dark, that's my fault, not Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Hallelujah. Matthew chapter number 5, verse 17. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to... Fulfill, For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle. Now that's, the Hebrews understood what they were talking about. We kind of relate to it as how you dot your eye. It says one jot and then one tittle, just a stroke. You know how a P can become an R with one stroke. This is what he's talking about. He said, not one little thing is going to pass. Heaven and earth. Till heaven and earth pass away. Not one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. That's comforting. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments... And teaches men so, teaches others to do so, shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever does and teaches them, praise God, he shall be great, called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So by the help of the Lord, I want to preach to you about to fulfill the law. Lord Jesus, without you I am nothing, but with you all things are possible. Lord, we are not promised tomorrow. We only have this moment. And so we're asking you, Lord Jesus, to let your word fall on good ground so that it can produce a fruit, a result. Lord, we're not interested in just enjoying or feeling good we want to be transformed by your word and your spirit thank you lord for what you've already done in this house thank you for what you're doing right now thank you lord jesus for what you shall do you're a great god you're doing good things Hallelujah. We're excited, Lord, about the fact that you're still pouring out your spirit upon all flesh. Thank you, Lord, for coming to this earth so that the law could be fulfilled, that we can have what we have right now. I bless your name and I praise you in the name of Jesus. Somebody give him praise. His spirit is within us. That spells victory. Come on, let's magnify him. I bless your name, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Everybody said amen. Harold Kushner, who I don't know who that is, but I did give him credit. He said, I believe that it's not dying. I believe it's not dying that people are afraid of. He said something else, something more unsettling and more tragic than dying frightens us. He said we're afraid of never having lived, of coming to the end of our days with the sense that we never were really alive. That we never figured out what life was for. Our souls, they're not hungry, contrary to conventional wisdom. We're not hungry for fame and comfort and wealth and power. Because those quote-unquote rewards really create as many problems as they quote-unquote solve. No, no. Our souls created by our Savior, we were designed and we hunger for meaning. We want to be fulfilled for the sense that we have figured out how to live so that our lives will matter, so that this world will have at least a little bit different look For our having passed through it. Hear me today. This can only happen when we are doing the will of our Father. It's not going to be found in the pursuits of this world. The key is for the eternal purpose of God to become our purpose. For his purpose to become my purpose. Are you hearing me? Not my pursuits, wishes, and desires, and bucket lists, and checklists. I'm telling you that the only way that we're going to be fulfilled is to do the will of our Father. And his eternal purpose becomes our purpose. I've been sharing with you that Jesus Christ the Son of Man. He earned God's approval. He fulfilled all righteousness by his uniquely perfect obedience to the will of the Father. And thus, he was fulfilling the law. Hear me now. When Jesus fulfilled the law, we're going to look at what that looks like. When he fulfilled the law, he provided the way for you and I to be fulfilled. You may ask, why did Jesus, the almighty God in flesh, why did he come from heaven to earth? I'm going to tell you, it was to fulfill the law. That's what Jesus is saying in our focus verses here this morning. It all started out, one day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up to a mountainside and he sat down. And his disciples were gathered around them, him, and he began to teach them. What you are hearing today is the start of three chapters in the book of Matthew that we call the Sermon on the Mount. If you want the theological reason why we call that the Sermon on the Mount, is because he was on a hillside when he gave it. Am I going too deep for anybody? Did you go unconscious under those masks? No, that's what it was. It was a Sermon on the Mount because that's where he, 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 uh, he, he delivered it. And, and, and really, it could have covered several days of preaching, if not more. So don't you get a little nervous about me up here for a few minutes. <laughs> and what happened? This is what I want to tell you. There's so much packed in that. But Jesus revealed his attitude towards the law of Moses. He was explaining That what I'm after is faithful and sincere obedience. I'm not interested in ceremonial religion. The Sermon on the Mount challenged the teachings of the religious leaders of that day who were proud and they were legalistic. And he says, I'm calling you back to the message of what we know as the Old Testament prophets. And he said, I want a heart." Felt obedience. I don't want a legalistic observance of the laws and the rituals. And I'm telling you, even yet today, what God wants is what comes from our heart. What God wants is not just a little a routine or, or a penance, if you will, that we came to a worship gathering or got online, but he said, I am interested in something that comes from the heart of man to the heart of God. He's looking for those that are seeking and hungry and desiring that I don't want religion. I want relationship. (laughs) Praise God. And so the verses I read to you today, they are the heart. They present the heart of Jesus' message. And he's saying, and I say it again, he's saying, this is my relationship with the law of God. I'm not offering a rival system to the law of Moses and the word of the prophets when he says, the law and the prophets, you and I could understand it as the entire Old Testament. In other words, everything that it represented. He said, I didn't come. Look at verse 17. He said, don't think that I've come to destroy the law. I haven't come to destroy the authority of the Old Testament. And don't let anybody tell you that the Old Testament isn't relevant to us believers that are sitting here today because you could not understand the New Testament if you didn't understand the Old Testament. I'm preaching you today that everything that was in that Old Testament was a fulfillment of what you're experiencing in this room or in your house right now. I thank God for the law and the prophets. Hallelujah. Look at verse 17, the New Living Translation. He said, don't misunderstand why I came. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writing of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. He said, I've come to fulfill it. When Jesus showed up, hello, he fulfilled the prophets and his obedience uh, uh, gained the approval of God. He said, I didn't come to destroy it. He said, I came to fulfill its purpose. Now hear me, fulfill and keep are two different things. Jesus was not merely saying here, I've come to keep the law. Now he did that. He did keep the law, but what he's saying is, I've come to complete the law. I've come to fulfill the purpose for which it existed. And that's why he said, I'm telling you, till heaven and earth pass away, there is not going to be one small detail of my law that's going to disappear until my purpose is achieved. Everything that was written, it's still true, it's still right, and he said, I'm physically on this earth, and it's not going to pass away until the fulfillment of the law has come. Spoiler alert, we are living in the day when the law has been fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And he, he made it clear the responsibility of his people. He said in verse 19 in the New Living, if you ignore the least commandment, and teach others to do the same, you're going to be the least in the kingdom of heaven. But if anyone obeys God's laws and teach them, we'll be called great in the kingdom of God. God's going to hold us accountable if we disregard even the smallest of the commandments. You say, well, that makes me nervous. Well, I got good news for you. You don't have to be overwhelmed by 600-something-plus laws that the Pharisees advocated. Jesus said, here's how the law and prophets are summed up. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You're going to make it if you'll just do that. Love God with your emotions, with your intellect, with your purpose, with your decisions, and love one another like you love yourself, and you are going to make it. They can't. And then he said, because I'm telling you, unless your righteousness exceeds or surpasses is better than the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you are going to by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. What they are teaching is insufficient for the entrance of the kingdom. Watch this. I'm getting ready to turn a corner. All right? We've been going down. I kind of feel like I've been going down West Texas Highway. There ain't a tree in sight. And I'm coming down. But hang on. We're getting ready to take a turn. You ready? He said, unless it exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees. You're not going to enter the kingdom of God. He said, What I want is not external. You got your phylacteries, which means they would put on their wrists and on their forehead. Hero O Israel, the Lord our God is one. But they were trying every way they could to manipulate and get out of some legalistic loophole so they didn't have to fulfill it. But Jesus said, I'm not interested in phylacteries and stuff on your forehead. He said, what I want you to understand, if you're going to enter into the kingdom, true Inner righteousness, watch this, is based on faith in God's Word. And that's why Paul said in Romans 3.21, but now a righteousness from God, watch this, apart from the law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets Testify this righteousness from God. You ready? Comes through faith in Jesus. Christ to all who believe. It's just that simple, that if you'll put your faith in Jesus Christ, he will impute or credit to you, a right standing, a righteousness, you will be pleasing to the Father. Quit trying to make it happen in your own works, and just look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your Faith, if you're glad that faith is the key to the grace of God. You ought to thank him. You ought to praise him. You ought to clap your hands. You ought to do something to say, I'm living in a day that the law is fulfilled. All righty. So here's the question. Why then was the law given? Anybody here kind of like to do life where if you can jump to the last step, you're interested? (laughs) Why didn't you just start with that? Well, make no mistake, faith was required even before the law and during the law. Faith isn't a new thing. It's what our faith is in and how that Jesus has completed. So Galatians 3.19 asked that question. Galatians 3.19 asked, why then was the law given? Here's your answer. It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. You don't know what you're guilty of unless you know what law you broke. But the law was designed to last only until the child, the coming of the child who was promised. Who was that child, class? Some of you are going to miss this because you say, I don't, I'm not used to notepads and paper and listening and learning on Sunday. Every time the Bible's open, you need to be ready to learn. Jesus was that child. God gave the law through the angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and his people. But now God, who is one, He didn't use a mediator when he gave the promise to Abraham. Look at verse 21. It says, is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could have given us new life, then we would have been made right with God by obeying it. But the Scriptures declare, verse 22, that we are all prisoners of sin Are you understanding this All the law could do was make human beings aware that they're a prisoner of sin All the law could do is push them towards a coming Messiah. The law was a cage. It was a jail cell. It caused humans for a long time to look for something better than this. I'm preaching to people right now on the internet and in my presence that sometimes you have that caged up Bondage feeling and I'm going to tell you what it is is you haven't learned to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who will set you free from the law of sin and death. I'm telling you, it's not God's will for us to be caged up in bondage anymore. Cause the Bible says until we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. But when faith came, when Calvary came, when God in flesh came, He gave us a way to live above the bondage of this world. So look at verse 23. He said, before faith came, before the way of faith came in Christ, before that was available to us, he said, we were under the guard by the law. We were kept guard by the law and kept for the faith, which would afterward be revealed. In other words, we were kept in protective custody until the way of faith was revealed. Oh, hallelujah. Look at verse 24. Paul said, let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. The law was our tutor, our schoolmaster. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. That word tutor, schoolmaster, guardian, It comes from a Greek word. And when Paul was writing to uh, the area of Galatia, they understood what he meant. Because in that day, in that New Testament day, those families, they would have a governess. They would perhaps have a, a servant. That their job, are you listening, was to watch over the master's young children and lead them to school. And while he was leading them to school, if they had some misbehaving problems it was their job to discipline them and keep them in line paul said the law kept us in line it was it was our guardian. It was our tutor. It was our schoolmaster that was leading us. Hallelujah. What was the law leading us to? Oh, it says it here in the Bible that the law was our schoolmaster, our tutor until, praise God, it led us to Jesus Christ that we might be justified by faith. Oh, we're not done yet. And he breaks it down and makes it plain. In verse 26, here's what faith in Christ leads to. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. When you put your faith in the Lord and the law is fulfilled in him, you know what happens? You become a son of God a daughter, a child of God. Oh, cool beans. Are we almost done yet? Let me tell you right now. When the trumpet sounds, I want to be a son of God. That's not a ho-hum to me. He said, you're a son of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Come on now. Well, I had faith in Jesus. I'm not trying to be unkind. I'm trying to tell you, let's unpack the scriptures. What does that mean? Does that mean if I put a bumper sticker on my car and say I believe in Jesus, then I'm a son of God? Does that mean if I honk my horn, you'll probably get shot instead of love Jesus, but anyway, are you with me? What does that mean? Does it mean that I confess Jesus verbally? What does it mean? Well, Paul said... Your son of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Why? How did you know that? Verse 27. Ready? For all of you were baptized into Christ and you have clothed yourself with Christ. When I have faith in Jesus, I will be baptized into Jesus. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? I know you've got faith, but faith will take you to the water. Faith will take you to the infilling of His Spirit within you. Faith is not a hope so, faith is a no so. I know in whom I believe, and when you're baptized into Christ. <laughs> That's why we say, when you go down into the water, in the name of Jesus Christ, because we're going to baptize you into Christ. But friends, there's just one baptism. There's just one Lord. There's just one faith. And so when you're baptized, it is of the water and of the Spirit jesus said except a man be born again of the water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of god ladies and gentlemen the law has been fulfilled in christ jesus i'm a part of it you're a part of it you ought to thank him you ought to praise him Oh, let's do that again. Let's clap our hands to the Lord again. (laughs) Hallelujah! For some of you, this will be review. For others of you, I'll catch you up to speed. Those scriptures were written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit a couple thousand years ago. But is it still relevant and work today? At the end of May, almost June, Tiffany White was listening to our online Pentecost Sunday And we found out while she was listening online, this is Paula Cameron's cousin. She received the baptism of the Holy Spirit right there in her house. She filled out an online form. That's spiritual too, because if we don't know where to find you, we can't help you. And you know what? They got her connected for a baptism. And, uh, I think we got a picture of it. Paula was baptized, excuse me, uh, Tiffany was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission and the forgiveness of her sins. She was baptized into Christ, in the Spirit, and in the water. She had the law fulfilled in her own life. Hallelujah. Because faith came, we don't need a tutor or a guardian anymore, but we can go to Jesus for ourselves. Oh, hallelujah. And if you're intuitive enough, I'm teaching you how to make it. She also is now in a Bible study with Sister Joanne Olmstead. It's not enough to be baptized into Christ. You've got to be discipled and be a Christ follower. Some of you have heard, and, and Tiffany, I'm, I'm sure you're listening online. I know you're going to be with us shortly. And some of you heard, again, I'm just trying to show you what I've been preaching has happened in the last eight weeks around here. In fact, in the last two weeks, um, Grace, where are you? Can, could you mind standing for just a minute? I think that's COVID approved, all right? Grace Baltimore, love you, girl. All right. You were, you were born in Baltimore, right? What a cool name. I've never been David St. Louis. That's really cool. Grace Baltimore. Well, some of you understand that story that uh, Nikki and Brooke were at Starbucks teaching her a Bible study. Well, they started on it, but Grace kind of messed that up because she wanted the Holy Ghost right then, and she began to speak a language she didn't know at Starbucks as a sign the Holy Spirit has come in their heart. Now now you're up to speed. Let me tell you what's happened since last Sunday's worship gathering. And uh, work with me. I'm going to save the punchline for a minute here. But Parker Johnston, you're probably listening online right now, buddy. I I love the Johnston family, Tim and Kate, and they've been faithfully listening online. And uh, Parker just turned eight years old this past Friday. During this pandemic, he has been just out of the blue, asking a lot of questions about the Holy Spirit and baptism. And Kate told me that he really wants the Holy Spirit. And so she said, You know, son, I just need you to pray about it every day and ask God to fill you and and His Spirit's going to guide you and it will happen at the right time. She said, Then I made a statement. I think the first step if your heart is being drawn to Jesus is to be obedient and get baptized in the water in the name of Jesus I love you buddy he said I'm ready to be accountable for my choices and I want to commit my life for living to Jesus 8 years old come on if you're a skeptic you can't fake this from an 8 year old well well I was texting her that day, that night, her papa baptized her in their their, uh, their bathroom bathtub in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Parker, you can receive the Holy Ghost right now in your living room. Lift your hands, open your mouth, and pray to Jesus. I'm telling you, the law has been fulfilled in Christ Jesus, you got to have faith. It works. It's real. Oh, clap your hands. Shout to God. We're living in the fulfillment of the law. That's just since last Sunday. But we're not through yet. Hallelujah. Kayla, where are you? Kayla Jebby, do you mind standing for a minute? I'm sorry to put you on the spot. You'll get over this, but I know Kayla, for the last few days, she's tough. She can take it, all right? Thank you. Let's give her a hand. Love her. I'm going to butcher this story, but our campus ministry went for an outing at an ice cream shop. Kind of like my ministry, and while they were in there in the line waiting, the best way I understand, Abby, where are you? Wave at me, Abby, Sophia. The best way I understand, they were in line and they were just talking. I believe even a little bit about how God's in control in this pandemic, whatever it was. All I know is that Kayla was in line in front of them, and she heard that. We didn't know till later that she had had some very much concerns about the pandemic in her own mind and spirit and what it was doing to her job in Florida. She lives here, but she was in Florida. All that to say, I believe you guys started talking about what do you believe in church and small groups. And uh, praise God, Abby got a Bible study with Kayla and in this Bible study this week she said I want to get baptized show it to a maestro just this past Tuesday Kayla was baptized in the name that's above every name in the name of Jesus neither is there salvation in any other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved I'm here to tell you faith has come Faith has come, the law has been fulfilled. His purpose is being lived out in the body of believers and the church. Are you hearing me? If his purpose is your purpose, you're gonna get out there. You're gonna tell somebody. You're gonna pray for somebody. You're gonna be a disciple maker. You're gonna make a difference because his eternal purpose is fulfilled in me. Quit asking, am I happy? Do I feel good? Just ask, am I doing the will of my Father? My Lord Jesus. I love it. I love it. I love it. Cody, love you, man. He came to our house this past week in hyphen group because he met Taylor. Hallelujah. Who you bringing next week, bud? I'm telling you right now, God is at work in his kingdom. God is at work in his kingdom. God is doing something. Come on. Come, somebody come. Come, come, come. Hallelujah. Come in the name of Jesus. You can receive the Holy Ghost right where you are. You can be baptized today in the name of Jesus. Faith has come. The law has been fulfilled. Woo! I'm getting ready to blow a great Bible study. That's why you got to sign up for a Bible study. But I just want to show you that when Jesus was on this earth and he was about to send to heaven, will you connect everything I'm preaching to Luke 24, verse 44? He, Jesus, said to them, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you. Listen to this. That all things must be fulfilled. Somebody shall fulfilled. Which was written, what? In the law of Moses and prophets in the Psalms, the Old Testament. He said, I'm telling you this because these things must happen to be fulfilled. And you know what he said then? Read it. Get a Bible study, talk to somebody. Verse 45, he opened their understanding. They could comprehend the scriptures. You know what he said in verse 46? It's written, it was necessary for Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead the third day. His death, burial, and resurrection is the gospel. Why? Verse 47, that repentance, somebody shout, repentance, and remission. That means forgiveness of sins should be preached in what? What's his name? To all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You're a witness of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Oh, Luke writes in the book of Acts, this same time frame, and he says in Acts 1.4, he said go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. You have heard of me. John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. I'm telling you how the law was fulfilled. Because in Acts chapter 2 verse 1 the day of Pentecost when it was fully come. They were with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them divided tongues like as fire, and it sat on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as His Spirit gave the utterance. That's why Jesus came. That's why we have the law, so that it can be fulfilled in us through the power of His Spirit. Oh, let's stand and clap our hands to him. So you know what you got to do? You got to do what Jesus said in Luke 24. You got to repent. You got to receive forgiveness of sins. That only comes through water baptism you are to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it, but Peter said in Acts 2.38, you're to repent. That sounds familiar. Every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise, the promise of the Father is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call hallelujah right now all across this house if you put your faith in Jesus Christ if you know he's the only way if you know he is salvation there's there, apart from him there is no hope of salvation if you put your faith in Jesus I want you to right now repent all over this house I want you to ask God to forgive you confess your sins If you've already been baptized, invoke that covering of His name upon you. If you've never been baptized in water in the name of Jesus, then make up your mind today, I'm gonna do it. But right now, confess your sins. I'm telling you, from the platform to the sound room, say, God, I confess my sins. I'm wrong and you're right. I confess that I need you. Come on, that's it. If you'll repent, Right now, all across this place, based on your faith in Jesus. Hallelujah. And if you haven't been baptized, tell them, I'll, ba- I'll be baptized in your name. I'll submit to that, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You'll know it because you'll speak a language you never learned. That's it. Are you repenting right now? Are you confessing? that's it now if you're hungry for something more if you want to be fulfilled if you want life according to his purpose lift your hands to God right now in the name of Jesus God can fill you right now with his spirit if you're already filled you need a fresh appreciation of what has happened this is the law of Moses Fulfilled in you these are the principles and the righteousness of God that we could not attain in the law It is now attained through the spirit the requirements of the law according to Romans 8 4 are being fulfilled Through the life of the Spirit come on you need a renewing pray for it if you need an infilling receive it if you're with family members and friends then you can pray for them. You can lay your hand upon them. If you're with family and friends, God wants to do a work in this house. and say, come on, church. Come on, church. Let's push on a little more. Some of you need that renewing in the Holy Ghost. Some of you need that reviving of the Spirit.